It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello and welcome to Accelerate. You know, I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Bill Cates, founder of Referral Coach International. Bill's an expert on how to use referrals to develop new business. You know, regular listeners to this show know that I spend a lot of time talking with guests about lead generation and prospecting and new business development because that's where sales starts. If you have no leads, you have no prospects, no customers. And regular listeners also know that I've talked to people from across the spectrum that some are fervent cold call adherents and others are all about inbound marketing and social selling. And, you know, there is another way. It has to do with this disciplined program of using referrals to generate new leads. Bill's an expert at this. He's going to share us, share with us his knowledge about that. And Bill, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Andy. So take a minute, introduce yourself. Well, uh, Bill Cates, not Bill Gates, we wish. Uh, <laughs> just a few extra zeros in the bank account. Yeah, just a few. Uh, my, my, my little retort on this is uh, Bill, Cates, uh, Bill Gates, see, I mean, even I get confused. Uh, Bill Gates may have a lot of money, but Bill Cates is going to help you make a lot of money. So um, I've been, for the last 20 years, I've been teaching small business owners, professionals, salespeople working with firms, working with individuals to help them acquire more clients, more customers through referrals and personal introductions. And these days we're accentuating that personal introduction side of things because really it's so hard to cut through all the noise, uh, you know, between the internet, social media, traditional advertising, right? We're being barraged and it's hard for anyone with a business or with something worthwhile to, to capture people's attention. So how do we get through? We get through by being introduced by someone else they already trust. And, um, you know, I, I believe it's the highest way or best way to meet people because, you know, how would someone prefer to meet you, right? They prefer to meet you from someone you already trust. Uh, can the other methodologies work? Yeah, of course they can, and they do. But, uh, you know, people would prefer... They usually kind of work by default, if you will, because they haven't been introduced to someone else. And so I've dedicated my business life to doing that and I've written three books on the topic and we can talk more about that later, but that's a, a, in essence what I do. Okay. Well, that's, that's great. So how does someone, because let's talk about this referral selling and we'll mm -hmm. call it referral selling. So how does someone start with referral selling? So, <laughs> because... You know, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Or let's say if it was, if it was obvious, everybody would be doing it. Let's well, say. the truth is it, it, it's just easier not to, I guess, in some cases. It's, it's the path of least resistance that people tend to take. And so, you know, we probably ought to just address briefly why people don't. And, and it really has to do with the fact that um, they have mistaken beliefs, limiting beliefs, mistaken assumptions around the referral process. They, they're afraid they're going to look pushy. They're afraid they're going to look needy. And so first place I start is the thinking, the mindset, the assumptions that get made. So for instance, here's a, here's a mistaken assumption that if I just serve the heck out of my customers, if I create an incredible customer experience, then that'll be enough to grow my business. And I'd say that's a half truth because yeah, we do have to serve our customers or clients well. Um, and that create usually incremental growth where we stay in business and occasionally they'll talk to other people and that's cool. 
But if we really want to create exponential growth, then we have to be appropriately proactive. Uh, we have to have processes, methodologies in place to, to make this word of mouth and make these introductions and uh, happen. So, so we usually start with... The, yeah, what's the first step then? Yeah, so the first step is the mindset, the right thinking. So I've covered that a little bit. Uh, the next step is to attend to your referability. In other words, are you referable? And uh, we did a study that showed that uh, while satisfied clients or customers uh, are loyal, they'll stay with us, only about 20% in these studies, and the study gave uh, referrals, uh, in the, any referrals in the previous 12 months. So there's actually a low correlation between uh, client satisfaction and the giving of referrals. So what well, we need yeah, to do and, and client satisfaction and retention, right, even? So, I mean, right, yeah. I mean, well, the client satisfaction and retention, critical, important. Some of those people will refer us just on their own, left to their own devices. There are people that will become advocates for us, and that's great. And that's what the net promoter score uh, measures. Some people may be familiar with that, the NPS score. You know, mm -hmm. are you willing to recommend us? Right. Um, but left to itself, not enough people do that to, to create exponential growth. So, what we need to create is, is engaged clients or engaged customers. And these are people who feel engaged with our value proposition and also feel engaged with us as individuals, whether it's a, an individual or a team. Um, so we got to tend to our referability. And then we, we have to be appropriately proactive, right? How can you uh, promote referrals and introductions? How can you nudge the process without asking? And then how can you ask without looking like an overaggressive life insurance agent? Now, I work with life insurance agents. I believe life insurance is a critical part of one's financial planning, and most people get that because the, the way some folks have been taught to be proactive for referrals has been so aggressive, it's polluted the waters for the rest of us. And so I brought some new philosophy and new ideas okay, so to the table. Give us something new. So how, let's start with the beginning. So how do you increase your referability? Okay, so... Um, Really, think in terms of uh, three levels. So the first thing is the prospect experience. We've got to make sure we create an experience for our prospects, even before they become clients or customers, that starts to create this sense of engagement and referability. And one of the ways we do that is through the questions we ask. And one of the best ways to think of that is, is what my friend Bill Whitley calls, and I think he got it from somewhere else, but it's the here-to-there conversation, meaning. And this can be applied to any product, any service, no matter what. Where are you now? What, what does it look like related to what we're selling? Where do you want to be, right, five years from now, a year from now, 20 years from now? What are the opportunities that are there? What are the obstacles that are there? How do we get from here to there? And when you can have that conversation with someone, it brings tremendous value to, to, to them because sometimes they're not clear on where they are or where they want to be or what the opportunities or obstacles are. And so you're teaching. They're, they're growing in this process. They haven't even become a client or customer yet, but they're growing mm -hmm. because of that. And so now you're becoming referable quickly even before uh, they become a client. And and that's the goal. The goal is to have this process that's referable. The product, the service, usually, depending on what it is, usually isn't what makes you referable. It's the process of doing business with you. The experience of doing business with you. The experience, right. But, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of folks out there talking about the customer experience or the client experience, and that's important. But very few talk about the prospect experience, right? What's going on initially that will help them 
number one, become a client or customer, and number two, help you become referable at the same time. You see, you can have a sales process. You can have you can be doing spin selling or integrity selling or any other process to to move the sale along. But if you do it in a way that doesn't make you referable, then you, you're going to have to wait longer to create those those opportunities, referrals, and introductions. So, well, you, number, yeah. I mean, first of all, you're not you're not differentiating yourself during the sales process. So. I mean, That's one right. of the key things you're really talking about is through the way that you, how you sell, and this is why I talk about in my book, Zero Time Selling, mm-hmm. is how you sell is that first line of differentiation versus what you're selling, right? In a crowded market, when everybody sort of looks the same, how no you question. sell becomes the key differentiator. A- a- absolutely. You're, we're, t- we're really talking about the same thing with just slightly different words. So you're absolutely right. We want to, we want to, I believe that sales is nothing more than just helping someone make an educated decision. Exactly. Right? Right. Make a decision that's best for them with your help, with your you know, influence, with your perspective, with your wisdom. Um, and when, when you teach people how to buy what you sell, when you take yourself out of the selling equation for a minute and you say, Paul, you know what? Uh, Andy, I'm Andy, sorry. Andy, yeah, that's Paul, okay. Either, either one, one works. guys with the first, two first names, right? Okay. Either one works. <laughs> right. So, Andy, um, <clears throat> sorry, when, when you say... You know, Andy, whether you, whether you work with us or another company, you, what you want to make sure you get is this, right? And then you teach them. And so when you teach people and you take yourself out of that selling equation, what does that do? That make, It helps them trust you, right? And, and, and so then they want to do business with you. It takes them off the streets, so to speak. Yeah, so, no, and that's a, that's a great term to use that people are listening is, you know, when you have this great experience for the customer while you're selling to them based on how you sell, yeah, you are taking them off the streets, which is really what you want to think about with your prospects. I'm taking this prospect off the street. No one else can get them because their experience of what it's like working with me, just based on how I'm working with them in the sale process, is so differentiated, they're going to do business with us. Yeah, and the problem is, um, you know, when you have someone that comes to you who's already a little bit interested, that's one of the biggest challenges, I believe, for salespeople because you have someone who's interested and so you just you 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 keep it on the surface and you almost become an order taker but so let me give you an example so in the property casualty industry for home owners insurance and car insurance if they're not careful they all they're doing is quoting price quoting rates it's a very transactional business but the ones who do the best and the ones who get the most referrals will say you know I'd be happy to you know give you that price or happy to quote your car but we do things a little differently here. We have a little bit of a process, and I want to—I need to ask a few questions to create more context to make sure that I recommend what's best for you, and then you make the best possible educated decision. You know, can can I do that a little bit? And they go, oh, well, you know, the other two people just you know quoted rates, and so when you make price, you know, when you're quoting price, you're making price the determining factor, and obviously we nobody wants to do that. So it's again, like you say, how you sell. Uh, makes a big difference, and that creates that early sense of referability and trust. And then well, the I next, think, well, yeah, I, think one, I think one key thing though, before you go on, is because this yeah, is, sure. certainly I've done this, is that you can get referrals from people that you don't sell to, that you didn't get an order from. Of course, yeah, and that's yeah. really I think the key point you're making here is that by paying attention to your referability in the pre-sale, it's you'll get you can ask for referrals from those people even though they ultimately didn't do business with you. Right. And you make it about the process. So, you know, you've been through a process. I'm glad you found it helpful. Obviously, the timing isn't right for you. That's fine. I get it. 
but can we explore for a second, see if we can identify a few folks that you think would enjoy this process, might benefit from having the same conversation than you and I had. So you may, you're making it about the process um, because they haven't purchased a product or service. And, and even if they have purchased a product or service, perhaps they haven't really experienced it yet. But what they have experienced is, you know, this process that you've just gone through to help educate them and move them along. If you can help people grow within your sales process, teaching, educating, helping them think about things they haven't thought before, now you're going to make the sale and you're going to do it and you're going to become referable at the same time. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And then you want to onboard them. So right. there's the prospect experience and then there's the new client experience, which I differentiate from the ongoing client experience. Okay. How do you do that? Well, you, you essentially want to have an onboarding process. And most people have heard that term and every business is going to be a little different, of course. But for instance, when someone becomes a client, maybe there's a certain type of packet of information they get, whether it's PDFs or it's mailed to them. And, you know, don't be afraid to mail stuff these days. Sometimes that stands out a little bit. If there are other people on your team that will be interacting with them over a period of time, you know, get those people to send a note or call them up and say, hey, welcome to the family. You know, I'll be working with you, helping you with this. Uh, it could be a book that you wrote. It could be some educational stuff of how to best use the product or service. But there is this 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 defined period where they're feeling like ah you know they're welcoming me into their business I'm being onboarded they're not trying to sell me anything anymore uh, right now they're just trying to make sure I experience this as best as possible and then of course over time there's that ongoing experience and you want to make sure you have a client service promise or a client service plan in place that will dictate how often for what reason you're in touch with clients or customers. And unfortunately, most businesses, most individuals kind of wing it when it comes to that and, yeah, yeah, uh, and they'll have a plan in place. And that, that's a mistake. Yeah. So what's a, what's a good best practice for that? So you've onboarded a client mm -hmm. and now you're in the ongoing customer phase. Yeah. What is sort of a good frequency of outreach? Well, you know, it's hard to say exactly good frequency because it really, it really does depend quite a bit on the kind of work you do, but I'll give you a few thoughts. Um, if you can do something monthly, uh, for most businesses, that's really good. And, and I'm talking about something other than that weekly tip you may send out or daily tip or that electronic thing that they may or may not open. Uh, it, could be a, it could be a call. It could be a call, a value-oriented call. Uh, it could be um, something you mail to them that teaches, that educates. Um, it could be a customer or client uh, appreciation event that you're doing. could be taking them out to lunch. There's all kinds of different things, but Here's what you want to think in terms of is having a plan and then there's two parts to the plan. In other words, there's two ways we want to be in touch with these people. And this is all about this engagement thing I talked about. Number one, you want to make sure you're continuing to bring them value over time. If you don't keep bringing them value, you're no longer necessary. And so somebody you know, may say, all right, well, I'm a real estate agent and I sold them a home. How do I bring value to them? Right? They're, they're, they may not move for another five or 10 years. Well, you can occasionally show them what the valuations of their property are. You can show them what the you know, mortgage rates are. You can talk to them about other things, you know, just slightly related to the work you do, but you're bringing that value to them. And then you're connecting as, as an individual, as a, I like to call it business friendship. And we're connecting in those ways uh, as well over time. And sometimes that's a call on the birthday, you know, a holiday card, lots of different ways to do that. Um, but you have a plan in place and they can feel that they can see that you're staying in touch. And one study showed that if 
if you're not in touch with a customer within a year, if there isn't, you know, if you're not doing something once or twice or three times within that year, at, at an end of a year, if, if they're in the market for whatever you sell, you're about 50-50 shot of, of getting their business. And it diminishes, you know, quickly after that. Sometimes they don't even remember your name. Well, yeah, I, I saw something recently, actually, I think it was uh, yesterday, that said that uh, 75% of customers who switch vendors say that they are satisfied with their current mm -hmm. vendor at the time they make the switch. Yeah, but they're not completely satisfied. You see, the Harvard Business Review right. reported a study that said if, if a customer does not rate you as completely satisfied, they're a candidate to move their business. They didn't say mostly satisfied. See, that's the mistake that a lot of businesses make. They go, yeah, we got a lot of eights and nines. That's great. No, if there's a gap between where they are and where they want to be with you, in that gap is where they're at least a candidate to move their business somewhere else. And you may not be referable. Now, you can be referable without someone being totally 100% completely satisfied with you. That can, that can happen. But it's a little harder to make that happen. Obviously. Right, right. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'm going to have you answer the question in terms of how do you ask for a referral? Because sure. I think there's a real technique based around that. But before we go, I'm going to pose a hypothetical scenario to you. I ask this question of all my guests. So imagine here, and you're going to answer it when we come back from the break. So... Imagine you're a new sales manager hired into a company whose sales are really stalled out. Need to do a sales turnaround. Upper management's really keen to have this happen. What two things would you do in the first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? So think about that, and we'll be back with my guest, Bill Cates, right after this break. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly 1,000 companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Welcome back. My guest today is Bill Cates of Referral Coach International. So, Bill, before the break, I'd ask you a posed hypothetical scenario for you. New sales manager in a company that needs a sales turnaround. What two things would you do in the first week that would have the biggest impact? Sure. Well, I would. I would. First thing I would do is get my uh, my salespeople to contact all the customers that love us, all the customers that like us, all the business friendships out there. And just re and make sure we renew those, and we do what I call a value discussion, where we check in, where we maybe debrief their working relationship. We're not to, we're not there to sell them anything. All we're doing is just to check in and say, how's our communication? How's things working? What's working? Anything not working? This value discussion, this value check in that I've been teaching for years is probably the most powerful thing I talk about, and most businesses don't do it enough. You know, they're working in the relationship, but they're not working on the relationship, and. I've seen people get referrals and more business just by this check-in, by you know how we do anything not working, what is working. So that that's probably the first thing I do is just make sure we get back and we and we do that with those folks. And then obviously, from my perspective, uh, if I'm a sales manager and I want to create a you know an uptick quickly, I'm going to go to this this low-hanging uh, uh, fruit source of referrals, which are these clients, these customers, right? So mm -hmm. we we go to these people, we check in. And then the next part is, is well, can we talk a little bit about who 
who you think should know about us, who, you know, and the, the most powerful way to ask for referrals, and I know I'm getting a little ahead of the question. Well, no, no, it's, it's a good segue. Yeah, it, it is to, if you know someone in their life, if you know someone who is, uh, you know, it could be a friend, could be a family member, could be a colleague, depending on the work that you do. And you say, how do you feel about introducing you, introducing me to your uncle Ernie? Or how do you feel about introducing me to, to your colleague, Joe Smith? Um, that's the easiest kind of introduction to get. You're, you're with clients who like you, trust you. It's really a pretty uh, simple way to, to create a spike in, in opportunities and potentially sales very quickly. Uh, so doing those check-ins and then asking for introductions can create a, a huge impact very, very quickly. So is there a special way to ask for a referral? I mean, how do they know what they're referring you for? Well, yeah. So the first thing is this value discussion. So you know, what that sounds like will depend on where you are in a relationship, but it could be, you know, uh, you've made an important decision here, Andy, and, and you know, you, you, you're doing something a lot of people put off, and I'm just curious what tipped the scales for you, what made you decide to move forward. So that's a form of a value discussion. It could be a review meeting, right, where you talk about the, the, the communication, the relationship, what's working, how's it working. Uh, great, I'm glad I got a happy client, I'm glad I got a loyal client. Uh, you know, I was hoping we could brainstorm a little bit, see if we can identify a few folks that you think should at least be aware of the work we do or, or, or you know, may, may appreciate the kind of a relationship we establish with our customers. I've got a couple ideas I'd like to run by if that'd be okay. So it starts with the value discussion, and we're making it about the process, the relationship. And then we're, we're kind of opening it up for an opportunity to chat about it a little bit, but we're coming prepared and we're letting them know we've come prepared. That's very important that and and how we come prepared could be different we may know some specific people in their industry or in their world their family it could be categories of people who are going through events that that you know uh, make them puts their radar up for the kind of work we do um, it, you can use linkedin certainly as a source for uh, people to feed in this conversation um, and so we come prepared. And if I let you know I've come prepared, if I say, Andy, you know, I've got a couple ideas I'd like to run by you, would that be okay? Out of curiosity, you're going to say, well, yeah, okay, what do you have in mind? Mm -hmm. Right? You, you may say, well, I don't know. I, you know, I'm not sure about giving referrals, but, you know, who do you have in mind? So they may show a little reluctance, and you have to honor that, but they're still curious. So that coming prepared makes a big difference. Here's the mistake people make. They say, great, glad to see the value. Who else can we help, right? Or who else should know about us? And they, they throw it open to the whole universe. And usually what happens is the client or customer goes, well, you know, let me, let me give it some thought. It usually fizzles. And because of that, it, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. And then that person isn't sure how to go back to that same person and ask later because it didn't work this time. Um, so we can talk about that too. But that's the essence of how you ask for referrals. We call it the VIPS and V is the value discussion. I is treated with importance, coming from a place of confidence and strength around this and not being needy, wishy-washy, apologetic. Permission to brainstorm or explore, to have the conversation. We're not pushing anyone into anything they don't want to do. It's not a setup. It's not, have you found value in the work we're doing? Yeah, great. Who do you know? Not a setup. And then, well, you know, I've got some ideas. Suggest, S's suggest names and or categories. And very simple, never hurts a relationship. And sometimes people will engage in the conversation when you ask. Sometimes they'll do it later, kind of on their own terms, when they're ready. Most people have experienced that. 
And you've got some clients or customers, look, you could run into a burning building and save their children. They wouldn't give you any referrals, but <laughs> right, but they're not going to stop working with you. It's right. not going to hurt the yeah, relationship. They, they just don't do that. Yeah, they just don't do that. And then yeah. it's, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and I think yeah, your S, the VIP S, the suggestions, is really important because, again, if you give, ask people sort of an open-ended question about who do you know that might be interested, they're going to say, yeah, let me think about it. But if you said, I've got a couple ideas, or, or I'll, one technique I use is, you know, do you know one person? Just ask one person that might be interested. Then, yeah, people can usually think of one person. Yeah, and, and that's fine. And if you, if you actually suggest that one person. Even better, right. You even know, better. even better. And, then, and if you set it up as a brainstorming and you say, you know, we're just brainstorming here. I got a couple ideas I'd like to run by. You know, what about your sister and brother? Oh, no, they don't listen to me. She said, that's <laughs> fine. We're just brainstorming. I got another idea. And then maybe that doesn't work. And you go, oh, well, that's, you know, that's who I thought of. Gosh, who else? You know, who do you think should be? And so sometimes, now here, let me give you another one person one that's really good. Um, I've, 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 I've run into a few folks who do this. They go, they'll say something like, say, Andy, you know, who, who's that one person in your life? that you think should be aware of what I do. Uh, maybe they could benefit from this, but maybe you're not sure how to introduce me to them. You know, you're not sure how to do that in a comfortable way. And they go, oh, I know exactly who should know about you. And then you talk about creating a comfortable introduction. So there's lots of ways to do this. I wouldn't say anyone's more right than the other, other than when you come specific, you usually have a better uh, success rate than if you're just kind of coming generic and who do you know? Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Okay, great. Great answer. For people who want to find out more, we'll give them some information here in a few minutes about how they can learn more about referral-based selling. So mm-hmm. um, now we're in the last segment of the show. We've got some rapid-fire questions. You can give me one-word answers, or you can elaborate if you wish. It's completely <laughs> up to you. Right. And so first one, I, you might want to surprise me with this answer is, what's the most powerful sales tool in your arsenal? Oh, gosh, would that be personal introductions? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> As I said, surprise me with something. Well, that is, but um, you know, I, I know there's one thing you you talked about, maybe you wanted to talk about, and that's these three words that I've learned and I've, I like to share with people. Yeah, that, sure. Uh, yeah, and and it, the three words are "tell me more." So this is a huge tool that I've learned. So if I'm with a prospect and they, you know, go down a certain, con- I say, "Tell me more." If someone's objecting to something that I'm asking them to do, perhaps a sales or referral objection, I'll say, "Look, that's fine. Can you tell me more?" And that, that one little strategy, tell me more, um, has just opened so many doors and created so much more good quality conversation with people. And this is something you bring to your personal life, too. I mean, just when you're, someone's reporting on their vacation, just be a better listener and say, tell me more. And mm-hmm. they'll, they'll tell you more. I think that's, first of all, for people listening, I think this is a great, great tool for them to use. And Bill has a video on your website about this, a video blog. It's Watch it, learn it. It's a great tool. You know, it's a little bit like the kid when they're young, asking saying why, why, why. Except it's much more nuanced than that. And it, you sh- does. If you think you're deficient in your listening skills, this is a great tool. I think to help you learn how to be a better listener. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, most folks that aren't good listeners don't know that they're not good listeners. Um, right, but, but that's, a, that's another conversation. <laughs> sure, but I mean, if you know, this episode's going to air and sort of. In the beginning of a new sales year, as you get a chance to self-assess and you know what do I need, what do I need to do better? And maybe you've been coached as you know, hey, you somebody's listened to some of your calls, or a manager's done a ride-along. Said, look, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta be a little more present for the buyer. For the buyer, this question is a good way to train yourself to you know ask that follow-up. So tell me more. Absolutely, I had a financial advisor once who told me the 
best week of meetings she ever had was when she had laryngitis and she couldn't talk much and she just learned so much. Uh, everybody filled in all the blanks because she just listened. Yeah, she was she was nodding knowingly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they said, "Oh yeah, you want me to hear more? Okay, great. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. All right. So we got a not so rapid fire, but that's a good answer. It's a great answer. So name the one tool you use for sales management that you can't live without. Wow, the one tool I use for sales management. Well, I mean, I use Outlook to keep track of of uh, of folks, um, and I know that's not a super sophisticated. Um, a tool for that. But I guess within that, what I do is whenever I get off call, um, if I haven't already planned the next call with that prospect, I will stop, I will think, I will record what, what, what's the next step, right? What's, and I have it planned, I have it figured out. Even if it's going to be a month or two or three months down the road, I take some notes, I figure out what the next thing will be. I plug it in so I don't lose it. And I don't have to, and, and when I look at my notes, it recreates the conversation and I'm ready to go with the next step. Okay, good. Who's your sales role model? Hmm. Well, interesting. Um, I actually have a friend of mine, a colleague, um, who is kind of in, this, uh, in, a, in a similar business in that he's a knowledge expert. And his name is Stephen Gaffney. And the reason he's a, he's a model for me is because he can take someone calling in for one specific thing and open up the conversation to the point where in his case, they may be calling him up maybe because they want him to give a speech. And then he has this way of asking questions and, 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 um, and quantifying the, the, the pain and, and the opportunity that, you know, where he was going to sell a speech for X thousand. And now he's got a huge program for a hundred thousand. You know, so that that ability to to open up the conversation and not just fill the immediate need, but turn into more. So Stephen Gaffney is is probably my model in that regard. Okay, great. So what's the one book every salesperson should read? I mean, other than Beyond Referrals. Other um, than Beyond Referrals. <laughs> well, gosh, you know, Spin Selling is a classic. Um, it's a great book. Uh, you know, it gives you a, a good sense of, of where to go um, in, in a sales process. It's kind of written for large, large sales, but it really does work for any kind of uh, selling situation. So, I, you know, spin selling is a classic. And it's a reason it's a classic. The other one I would say would be Think and Grow Rich. And many folks listening to this have probably heard this. But if you want to change, if you want to get more money in your life, you have to change your relationship to money or your thinking around money. And books like Think and Grow Rich will do that for you. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That's mm-hmm. probably been the number one book of all the episodes uh, we've recorded and guests we've asked. That seems to and, be number one on the list. And there's a reason for it. <laughs> and there's a reason for it, right. That's a classic. So favorite music to listen to to pump yourself up for a, a speech or a sales call? or <laughs> I don't need a lot of pumping up for that, but I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of Earth, Wind & Fire. I, you know, I like the classic rock and that sort of genre of classic rock, uh, Bruce Springsteen, uh, you know, I'm an old rock and roll drummer. So oh, you were, you were in a band. Oh yeah. I toured the country this is a long time ago. We're talking past life here, but well, what was the uh, name of the group? Oh, no, nobody you've ever heard of. Oh, we were come called on, the talk. Alliance. We, we okay. were a cover band, but we did tour the country. We had a great time. Uh, and I did a little assessment of myself and I said, well, you know, if I try to make a career out of being a drummer, I'll probably be playing holiday inns for the rest of my life. So I decided that that wasn't for me and I, I moved on to some other things, but, uh, 
you know, any kind of music with a good with good drums is is good for me. Okay, so do you ever incorporate drums into your presentations? N- not really. You know, I've thought about it from time to time, but uh, you know, it's in my introduction. You know, so in my introduction, uh, we talk about the fact I'm a little bit of an adventurer, and you know, I've climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and I trekked to the Andes and the Himalayas, and and lived on a houseboat in Kashmir, India, and 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 then kind of the last one, and he toured the country as a drummer in a rock and roll band, and so from an introduction standpoint. And by the way, I think everybody can use that kind of idea, whether it's your LinkedIn profile or any place you have a, a bio, uh, you know, to personalize it and to make it maybe even a little fun because it creates, it, it, number one, it, it helps you be really real and then it creates conversation and people talk to you about it. And, exactly, exactly. You know, so yes. on your LinkedIn profile and so on, if you're a sales rep, yeah. People, you know, reach out, want to learn more about you. You have something that's personal there, not yeah, just yeah, business, some, business, business. Yeah, something that's special interest, something you're particularly good at or, or particularly bad at. Sure. Like golf. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah, golf. Yeah, you know, I started playing years ago. I thought I had retired before mm-hmm. I decided that was really a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'd go out and play a lot of golf. Because I always thought that if I played more golf, I'd get better. You know, there was a good golfer inside waiting to break out. And what I found out, the <laughs> there wasn't. <laughs> so, so either you decide to quit or just have fun. Yeah, well, I always just sort of did it for fun. But, it, it, right. you know, at that point, I was like, oh, let's go back to work instead. Uh, what's the first sales activity you do every day? Um, first sales activity I do every day, I guess um, the first thing I do is I just, and this is kind of a daily activity, but it's related to sales, is I, I plan, I think, of, through my day, what am I going to do? What's the most important thing I need to do? And... Usually it's related to a sale. In other words, sometimes we put that stuff off, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I say, all right, who on this list don't I want to call? Or, you know, what, what's going to be the most productive contact, be it an email or a phone call that I could possibly make? And I try to do that one first um, uh, to make sure it gets done, number one. And if there's any little fear, you know, what Dave Sandler used to call wimp junction going on in me around that, you know, we just get it through. We get it over with. And, and it, of course, it's never as bad as you think it's no, going to no. be. But, as, yeah, as Tom Hopkins yeah. said, identify yeah. your fears and attack it. Yeah, there you go. So last question for you. Yeah, What's sure. the one question you could ask most frequently by salespeople? Oh, the one question. Well, how I guess, how can I ask for referrals without you know hurting the relationship is a pretty common one. And the answer but, is? Well, the answer is to do it in the right way. And that's come from a place of confidence and and, and not assume that they're willing to give referrals, but open it up to a, a brainstorm and exploring, you know, let's think of, you found the value. I know the value. Let's see if we can identify some, some, some other folks we can help. It's basically asking for help to help others. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with asking for help, but let's not make it about asking for help for us. Let's make it about asking for help to help others through the valuable work we do. Excellent. Great answer. All right. So I want to thank you for joining me. My guest today has been Bill Cates, founder of Referral Coach International. Bill, tell folks how they can find out more about you. Sure, I appreciate it, Andy. Uh, referralcoach.com. That's all you got to do is go to referralcoach.com. You can learn stuff. You can take our little assessment. We have a free assessment there to see if you have what it takes to build a thriving referral-based business. And our books are there and everything else you might want to know. Excellent, excellent. Well, again, thank you for joining me. Remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And subscribing to this podcast is an easy way to do that. That way you'll make sure you won't miss any of our conversations with top business experts like our guest today, Bill Cates, who share their experience and expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. 
So thanks for joining us. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guest, visit my website at andypaul.com. Hi, this is Andy. I have a special offer for loyal listeners of Accelerate. It's a no-obligation, free trial of my zero-time selling interactive online training. Now, I've worked with thousands of sales reps to teach them how to use my zero-time selling to boost their productivity and transform the results. And so if you want to learn the same proven strategies to help you open more doors, have more effective sales conversations with prospects, and close more orders, then my zero-time selling interactive training system is a fit for you. It's incredibly simple to start. Just take out your smartphone and text the word TRUST, that's T-R-U-S-T, to 96000. Now, do you have your phone ready? Send a text to 96000. That's a nine and a six followed by three zeros. Now, enter the single word message TRUST and hit send, and you hear right back from me with instructions on how to sign up for your free trial on my zero-time selling interactive training. I look forward to seeing you there.